Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by musician, author, speaker, consultant, Rich Kirkpatrick. Rich is here today to talk about the intersection of faith, leadership, and creativity. So we're going to be talking to him about anything from his music career to any upcoming projects that he has. So Rich, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Curtis. Happy to be here. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? You gave such a grand introduction. I wish I was as as important as that sounded. But I've been a musician most of my life. Went to music school at 18 years old, a trade school. And I thought I'd be touring or doing something strange, like making, you know, back then they called them jingles, right? And uh, ended up working in church music for a long time and doing ministry. Uh, and uh, in the process of that, I've been, um, uh, wrote a book for church musicians and used to train worship leaders around the country. Uh, and one of the things that always would come up is this idea of creativity and what is it and how do you get better at it? And so that kind of led me over the past few years to try to study it. And so I became an author again and wrote a book about that and family, two adult kids, a daughter who's, she's actually a vocalist in our group. Our group is called A Beautiful Liturgy and we compose music. And, and my son, Ethan, he's a uh, kind of like you, Curtis. He has like a streaming thing, though. It's not. It's like gaming. Uh, and then my wife, she's a school uh, administrator, so she's really smart. The smart one uh, between the two of us. And uh, I live in Northern California, in the East San Francisco Bay Area, just uh, a few miles from Oakland and Berkeley, California. Okay. Well, tell us how you got started. You talk about the intersection of faith, leadership, and creativity. So tell us what that means and why you made that phrase. You're saying. Yeah, um, on my in my blog, I have create, uh, believe, and lead, and these are three actions that do intersect. Because in order to lead people, we have to be creative. In order to believe, we have to have a certain level of imagination and creativity to be basically open-minded. To be open-minded, and so um, I thought the things I like to write about are when we are doing things in our lives, our society, where it has to do with solving a problem, but also making a difference, altruism, belief, what's our, what's our values behind it. Uh, and then, and then also adding to that, uh, creativity and art and music and innovation and technology and all those things are important. And so I said, what are the three things that kind of just, you know, uh, describe, uh, what it is that I like to write about and that's it. So, so, um, you know, I kind of boil it down to creativity as kind of really just another word for what people do. Uh, we are made to create, made to make things. And things could be experiences. It could be like podcasts, like Curtis's podcast. But we're made to make something. And when we're thriving, we're as people, we're, we're doing things like, like that. It could be a great meal that my mom, she was very creative. She would cook you know she was mexican and she, she even learned she moved to the south she learned how to make fried chicken when she lived in georgia the real way <laughs> and so she became creative with it so how those things intersect those are important because it's 
one thing to make something, but does, what does it mean and how does it help other people? And something I believe in, or is it just simply a tool, a hammer that I just something that's not disembodied from me? I say that uh, the reason I think those things are important to intersect is we then live a life that has more than just utility. We then can make things that are beautiful, lasting, bigger than us. I hope I answered that okay. Yeah, you answered it just fine. So let's talk about your music career because you're also a musician. So tell us about the group that you're a part of and, you know, how you got started, what you guys are up to. Yeah, so as a young person, I, I thought I was going to go on one path of music. And I studied jazz music, which I love. But I ended up my home church. I was just, I think, 20, 19 or 20. And, and I would sing in the choir just to volunteer. And they would, uh, the uh, music director had this arrangement that was just poorly copied out. And since I went to music trade school, I said, I, I don't know. I can't stand how this piece of music just is not working. So I kind of fixed it a little bit and I handed it back to the pianist who worked for the music director. He got it. And then, the next week when I was at the rehearsal, he ended up looking at me and saying, hey, Rich, how much do you make delivering pizzas? Because I used to work driving pizzas around, delivering them for my brother's pizza shop. And uh, whatever it was, it was not, wasn't much. He goes, well, well, we'll match that if you do help us out with music like this stuff, like you just did. And so that kind of set me on a path I didn't expect where I was working in church and we had like an orchestra, horns and strings and rhythm sections. So it was like modern. It was really fun. And I was this kid uh, who would show up early on Thursdays to write down, this is the old days, notes by hand instead of a computer so that the musicians could have uh, sheet music to use. And then I would make recordings of the rehearsals of recordings for the singers. So anyway, so that set me on a path that, you know, just let's say up to 2016, you know, my daughter, she's a young adult at that point in time and she's a songwriter on her own she auditioned for the voice and she's just very talented much more than i am in music but she i needed her help finishing a song and i didn't want to ever include my child in this because you know you want her to have her own thing and not say dad to kind of like jump on that so she was kind enough to come and say hey rich i mean hey dad uh, i can't help on that and we ended up collaborating on a song and it was like came out so good uh, Curtis, it was like, wow. And um, so I said, well, we really make a good team. So we started writing music in 2016. We put out a recording that's after our name, A Beautiful Liturgy. And we thought we'd take things that are old and reimagine them for a new audience. So, you know, grandma will recognize where it comes from, but then the kids and people who don't even go to church can hear that and understand what it means. And it, it sounds current. So, like that, so that's what I've been doing the last few years with that group. And we've the pandemic made it really hard for us. We had this tour and everything planned. 2020, we did our first thing. We're not talking like big venues, but mostly living rooms or churches. And uh, that all stopped. So now we're rebooting. Hopefully we'll get started again. And I lead uh, am with my daughter on our, at our local church at St. Matthew's. And uh, I really enjoy that. So it's kind of where, kind of what I'm doing right now still. And I play piano and sing. So what do we listen listen to your music at? How, how do we listen to you? We are on Spotify or Apple Music or I think Deezer, anything that uh, if you just look for a beautiful liturgy, liturgy, excuse me, you'll see uh, or hear us somewhere on there. 
And um, that'd be great if folks would check it out, see what they think. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. So be sure to check it out. Tell us what, in your words, what makes you think that keeps people from being more creative? Well, people don't believe they are because when we're kids, we all think we can dance. We all think we can draw. We all think we can sing. And our imaginations are, are you know, no one's, no one's told us yet up to a certain age that, you know, we can dream for things and we can make things and do things. But there comes a time when, you know, whether it's a teacher or a parent and we don't want our kids to stick out or whatever. So we, we hear messages that tell us, you know, maybe you're not creative. And so some of us stop drawing or singing or writing or doing some of the things that we might love that are creative. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's what happens. And one of the things when I researched, I found out that, you know, 20% of the people are what they call divergent thinkers and 80% are what they call convergent thinkers. So the divergent thinkers are, are those of us who just, we stay like the kids, like me. You know, I used to doodle, I used to, you know, daydream and had a little harder time than other kids paying attention because I was always dreaming about something. And, and there's, you know, that's the divergent person whose mind will be open and go places. And sometimes it's not of benefit to you. And the other one is kind of like finding that one best answer, the convergent thinker. And in that situation, you know, that's the majority of people. So as we get older, more people are acting more in this way of um, rules and structure and things, which, which we need, obviously. But that other part of us where we can dream up things and we can be creative, uh, sometimes that's, you know, uh, quashed by our situation. So I really think that what stops us is really, you know, part of it's society, part of it's our insecurity. Uh, sometimes we fail and we don't let people fail in our culture. We don't like it when someone, you know, the, you know, so much so that people, kids nowadays, you know, having raised two kids, it seem like if you do, do one thing, make one mistake, you'll never do it again. Never try whatever it was again. And, you know, it takes iterations. It takes just hard work of just keeping going and learning from mistakes to be creative. So it's not always this great euphoric feeling. And I don't think we understand that sometimes in our society about that part of creativity, the, the resilience it requires, the practice it requires. You know, musicians, you can't just play your first time you hold a guitar or a, put your hands on a piano. Uh, it'll take a little bit of getting used to and, and working towards it. And so a lot of times, limitation of creativity is simply some of that work that we haven't developed you know some basic skills etc so i think i think a lot of that's the barrier but really it's just our society sometimes tells us let's just fit in a box and <laughs> don't make waves and you'll be good so talk about what science says about the creativity of the creation process yeah this is one thing that really surprised me you know i'm not a scientist but really nerdy. And the more I read academic papers and books over the last couple of years, the more it just seemed amazing how they were saying things that, that I was experiencing. Um, and really for the last hundred years, there's been psychologists that have studied, but today there's anthropologists, neuroscientists or brain scientists, um, and all uh, uh, sociologists even now. So that's an interdisciplinary study because so, creativity is really important. So what they say basically is we have, I was mentioning these two ways of thinking uh, called convergent and divergent. And really what they are are brain networks. So the scientists have kind of identified there's two main 
kind of sets of parts of our brain because it's not just right and left, which I that's what I used to think. It's just a right brain or your left brain, but really it's all over your brain, like these different, it's kind of like a computer network inside your head and there's different pieces from different places in your brain that work together for certain things. And when it comes to creativity, they have these two things and one is called the salient network and the other one is called the default mode like network and and then actually then there's the executive network um so actually salient is the bridge and so one in my book when i talk about the bridge between science and magic what i'm talking about is we have to make a shift from the executive function which is the logical side of our our, our thinking and set and then switch there's like a, a switch a bridge that's built and then and then we go to the Default mode was where we come up with our ideas and imagination. And the thing is, you can't do these two brain networks at the same time. So you need to bridge them. You need to go back and forth. And so the scientists have discovered this, that the most creative people that are out there are capable of, on one hand, oh, they got a great idea, but then somehow they're able to put it down in writing quickly or to get it to a point where they can do something about it. Because I've had great ideas I didn't know what to do with, but the super creative people are able to say, hey, this is a great idea. This is a great idea to put in my chili recipe. You know, if you're a cook, I, I like to bake bread. Maybe I'll put this, you know, change the yeast or something. Uh, this is how I can get it done. But it's not just an idea. It's something that's developed. And so they basically deconstructed how creative people, they took jazz musicians when they're improvising and had their brain all mapped out, you know, those little uh, wires or whatever, they stuck them to the top of the head of a musician. And, and so they've really studied these things like what is flow? That's we get lost in this moment, you know, when we're just either we're listening to something or those of us who are musicians could understand this. We're like playing or singing or we're listening and just feel we feel something and there's no sense of time uh, because it's just we get lost in it. And that's they call that flow. And creative people are able to go into that state fast. And they get out of it when they need to. So scientists have really done us a great uh, service by at least telling us how these things work. And I barely have scratched the surface of, of that, of understanding my own understanding of it. But what I've learned is that really everybody is wired to be creative, they said. It's the one thing that just really hit me, every single person. Well, tell us about your book and why you decided to write it, where we can get it and where, what listeners can expect. And they read it. Thank you, Curtis. Well, my book, it's called Mind Blown, Unlock Your Creative Genius by Bridging Science and Magic. And so as I you know, was answering that last question, really, we go from imagination to logic, or we go from art to innovation. We go from this idea of I need to solve a problem to I need to address pain. I need to have empathy for somebody. And we, as we go back and forth between things like that, we can grow not only our more cr creativity, but we become better. We become better people because we have to listen to people. We have to find a way. And so, like I was saying earlier, as when I used to teach musicians, they kept asking these questions about, I need to be more creative. I, I need to get more ideas and, and so forth. And, and so as I, you know, said, well, these are hard questions. They're not just something. And, and, easy answers. And a lot of people have written books about creativity and they're great books. Like I think it's called the war of art, Stephen Pressfield, where it's like, he gives you these inspirations and just, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a little whack on the bottom, you know, backside to get you going. And it's really good. Um, 
and everything he says is right, but I'm kind of nerdy. I said, I want to kind of know without working too hard because I'm not that smart. I want to kind of know what's behind that. Why does this work to help a person be more creative? Uh, you know, why does walking do something like that? For instance, it, walk and your muscles, your large muscles, when they move up your brain, think. And so I got really curious and that curiosity kind of led from one thing to another thing. And, 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 and the people that I serve and work with and consult with are, are always asking these questions. And I said, well, you know, I want to be able to be honest, to know if I'm telling him something, why it works. And so it really inspired me to study and to write this book. There's 130 or so you know, citations so people can go look and read further. Uh, and so in the book, I also decided, you know, I have it in, in audio book form as well as in digital ebook, Kindle, and, um, and a paperback version of it too. So folks can experience the book however it's best for them. And, um, and you can get it on amazon.com or my website too. Yeah, and, and we'll get to that website here in just a second. But first, do you have any current upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about? Um, projects I'm I'm working on right now is I'm I'm putting together what I'm calling these creative nights or kind of local events where you get different kind of creative folks together, like a business person and a musician, an author, and and uh, and it's kind of like a salon where you. You, you sit together and, and help help solve people's problems, creative issues that they're working on. And so that's kind of, they're, they're small little gatherings. And I'm doing my first one April 15th in San Jose, California at, at a place called The Gathering. And a friend of mine is organizing it, but this is the kind of projects that I hope to be doing more of in the next 12 months. Okay, go ahead and throw out your contact information so, so people can check you out and keep up with you. My uh, website is RK blog.com and you can find all my socials and, and things on there as well and would love to hear from folks and uh, hope they're inspired all right ladies and gentlemen rkblog.com close us out with some final thoughts maybe if there was something that i forgot to touch on that you would like to talk about it just any final thoughts you have for the listeners yeah like one thing i think is important for folks to know is that, that you are creative because you're wired that way my faith teaches me that God made us as creators, as sub-creators or co-creators with him. And I think that as we learn to um, to be empowered that way, that it can really change our lives. And so don't let people tell you you're not creative uh, because you are. We all are. And the scientists say it and the pastor says it um, and philosophers say it as well. So I think we're in good company to believe that. So keep creating. Absolutely. I think we're in good company to keep believing that too. And ladies and gentlemen, be sure to follow, rate, review, share the episode to as many people as possible, especially all the creators out there and let them know that to keep creating. As Rich said, if you have any guests or suggestion topics, see Jackson102 at Cox.net is the place to send them. Please be sure to tell a friend about the show and thank you for listening. And Rich, thank you for joining me. My pleasure, Curtis. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.